0: It's the B-List Daily on Sports Time 780 and live online at SportsTimeMain.com. My name is Aaron Morse, joined in studio by the coach, Dave Wing. I'm filling in for Maddie B on this Wing It Wednesday. Coach Wing, as usual, in studio with us. Today, we will be joined by new Bates College men's soccer head coach, Tyler Shake. He'll be on at 1030 in studio with us. And then at 11.30 in studio, very excited to have the new football coach at Bates, Malik Hall, in studio as well. So Bates had a couple of coaching changes over the summer. Shake and Hall stepped in for football and football (laughs) here uh, over there at Bates College, just a few blocks from our Lewis and Studios, uh, pardon me, from our Auburn Studios here at, um, this is Maine's Big Z Studios. We are live, of course, online at Sports Time 780. Dot com. but again, so Tyler Shake and Malik Hall joining us here today. But first things first, Coach Wing, the New England Patriots wrap up their preseason schedule tomorrow as they visit the New York Giants for 7 p.m. kickoff, uh, their fourth and final preseason game so far. They're two and one in preseason. Obviously, you know records in preseason, you can take them or leave them. Um, but obviously the big drama recently, I don't know how much you talked about this the past couple days, but Tom Brady hanging up on a radio station when they asked about a shady trainer. But besides that, things have been going fairly smoothly. I mean, Eric Decker retired, but I mean it seems like the Patriots are, are geared up now for the season.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, as has been the, the story the last few years, I think the AFC has a couple of pretty decent teams, and then there's a drop-off. And uh, that's been a trend the last... Probably six, seven years where the NFC seems to have more quality teams. Not necessarily great teams, but more of the same caliber. So I think the Patriots would be okay. I think they're a little thin at wide receiver with Edelman out for four games. Although, um, you know, Brady has a way of, of spreading the ball around. He'll throw to the backs a little bit more. Uh, Matty thinks they're going to run the ball a little bit more this year, and, and that may be true. Um I think that uh Trent Trent Brown seems to establish himself as the left left tackle which is uh, always a concern for a right-handed quarterback. Defensively, uh they've looked very good and very bad. Now, uh, there doesn't seem to be any in between. The defensive backs, one game they look they cover everything and it's great, and the next game like against Carolina they couldn't cover anybody. Um uh, I think people are concerned about what that looks like when it's all said and done. The defensive line on defense looks like their strong point. They really went out and got a couple guys, Claiborne and, and Sheldon, and uh, I think that uh, Trey Flowers. I think they feel like they're they're pretty. They got some good depth there. Matter of fact, there's been some chatter that they might use one of those defensive guys as as trade bait. You know, to, mm. to move and get something that they need. Belichick has been the master. Right about now, getting somebody that they something that they really need. Uh, I think, even better than the drafting and everything else, right now, he somehow finds those guys that make a difference. Not necessarily stars, they don't do the blockbuster, they never do because they don't want to pay the money. But they find the guy that they can put in that's a uh, he alternates with somebody or something like that, and suddenly they're a key cog in, in whatever they're doing. So Linebacking core, you know, if they all stay healthy, I think they're pretty decent. The problem is, will Hightower stay healthy? Uh, And can Landon Roberts finally come into his own? He's been right on the edge, not great, but Van Nooy is a little undersized, but he covers well. I think we may see some specialized, just two linebackers and some other configurations, a nickelback and so on, a little more often. Because people throw the ball so much. But I think overall, it looks to me, even with Sam Darnold maybe looking like he's going to be the heir apparent in in New York with the Jets, I think the rest of the, at least the AFC East, it didn't look to me like Miami's done much to improve. They're going back to Tannehill now that he's healthy again. Um, Buffalo seems to have regressed a little bit. Uh, Shady McCoy had some off-season stuff, and the quarterback situation is not settled. A.J. McCarron broke his collarbone or separated something; I'm not exactly sure. So uh, they may go to Allen, the rookie, and he hasn't looked particularly stellar. So in that regard, it looks to me like you know they once again be the strong arm of the East, AFC East, and then you know you got the usual suspects, Pittsburgh. Looks to be pretty good. Uh, there's a lot of chatter about what's going to be up with with Oakland with Gruden there. You know, they, they, the players said he took him to films back in the '80s to show him the offense, which is a little <laughs> interesting. Well, when we know we, was,
0: we know Coach Gruden brings the passion. That's for no, sure. No, he
1: and you know, I I've said for a long time. You've heard me say it on this show plenty of times. You know, the scheme is important. There isn't any question about that. But you know what? We're still coaching people. And it's still about that, and he, I think, will squeeze every ounce of passion out of those guys because that's who he is. There's been chatter that that uh, I, I don't see it that San Diego is going to be really good. I I don't feel that, but we'll see. I mean, they were hot at the end of the year, no question. So I think the AFC is up for grabs, and I think the Patriots will be there. I really do. You know, the, I mean, it's always contingent on injuries for any team. You take out somebody. Get in preseason or the first couple games, or you got Edelman setting out any team, and suddenly you're, you're ho hum, you know. I mean, although, you know. They lost Brady the first period of the first game in two thousand eight, and I remember that Matt yeah. <laughs> Castle. Everybody went, "Oh, you got to trade for a quarterback," and he goes, "No, we're going to go with Matt Matt Castle." And that made him a lot of money. Down le- the road. Oh, sure did. He yeah. never was very good other than that year, <laughs> and he wasn't great that year. I think that they compensated around him, and the defense was good. But you know, they were eleven and five. They didn't make the playoffs for other reasons, but they were eleven and five with Matt Castle under under center. So. Stranger things have happened. I think they're going to be okay, even though against Carolina they get eaten alive. When you break down what Brady did, Brady looked like Brady. Mm-hmm. Short passes, almost going back to that. You know they've had a couple years where they had a some speed on the outside and they threw you know a little bit longer patterns, more time in the pocket. I suspect we're going to go back to the really short pass game, maybe even two tight ends for a while. Because I said, I've told Maddie a lot of times, football-wise, what happens when you play two tight ends, two flankers, and a single back? What happens is the, the free safety, who's a guy that's a run and play pass defense, he has to come up and play on the tight end. They don't do that, ever. And then as soon as you start putting him in, guess what? They're going to throw the ball on you. So... Uh, they, they won in those early years when they won a lot. That, that was their set. Two tight ends and uh, and two flankers and a single back. Now, they had Corey Dillon. That helps. But they had Antoine Smith when they won in 2001. I mean, whoever heard of him as a, as a running back? He was great.
0: It's amazing what Belichick does with these oh, guys you never hear of on other teams. and Well, they come I've, the al- Patriots.
1: I've always said, I, I'm i thinking it was 2007. I always count on Matty to know the year. But <laughs> Riche Caldwell. Yeah, go ahead, everybody. The, raise your hands that knows that name. He was the Patriots' best receiver. That's how bad it was. And Brady took him to the AFC Championship game. And they would have beaten the Colts, but Richie Caldwell dropped the ball right in his stomach. He tried to, he went like this, and it went blah, right down through. And they lose. Uh, so somehow he got him there with Richie Caldwell as their top guy. And I suspect that if Brady stays healthy, they'll do it again.
0: Running back situation with the Patriots. Burkhead first on the depth chart. Mike Gillisley. Yeah, he's been hurt the whole preseason.
1: Yep. Uh, yes. I think Gillisley isn't going to make the team. Really? I, I okay. Think, I think the Jeremy Hill kid that they picked up in the offseason from Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. He's 6'1", 230. He's got better moves. And when they needed short yardage all preseason, he's gotten it for them. And Gillisley, I swear, he's got some skill. But when they, when they are third and one, he can't get it. Every single time, he was supposed to so, be the goal line guy last oh yeah. year, and supposed to be the next
0: Le- 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 Blunt there, The start
1: but. of last year, when they when they were ended up what two and two to start the season, like always, um, <laughs> they they really do. You know, you look back through, they've been five hundred after the first four games, except the year that Brady was out, they were three and one. But uh, you know, they it, it, he poses that team to be ready at the end of the season, which is what you want. Um, but anyway, Gillisley couldn't get him, and they they lost two games early because he couldn't get the first down. Mm-hmm. Um, I I there's a lot of talk that Sonny Michel Sony Michelle is really good. We just haven't seen it. He hurt his knee, and you hope that that isn't going to be a chronic thing where he misses three games here and two games there. And we we have seen that. We forget Dion Lewis missed time a lot Not. when he hurt his ACL. So.
0: What do you think about Chris Hogan in terms of a possible real breakout or maybe bounce back? More well, accurate.
1: you know, he got hurt. He got yeah. his broken ribs, and he just never was himself. I I see him as maybe being that that maybe that speed on the outside. I like him. I I have no problem with uh, Edelman's a different kind of a short inside receiver. He likes the contact. I swear, and he runs like a like a back once he catches the ball. Guys like Hogan that he really he never played college football. He was a cross player. Mm-hmm. Buffalo drafted him and the Patriots picked him up. But I I don't have any problem with catch the ball and get down. I don't care. Save yourself. I, I have no problem with that. Short, boop, 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 use the use the clock and suddenly the first period's over and you're up seven nothing. I can live with that. It's about winning in that league. For sure. What do you think about Brady and his little feud with the media right now? Well, <laughs> I have a different opinion. Than my wife, you know, I am all I, I I'm a Brady apologist. I uh-huh. I almost feel like he does no wrong. Uh, I think through the years, maybe it's Belichick's influence or whatever it is, but he he never makes any mistakes with the media. He's always uh, pretty pretty upfront. He when he doesn't play well, he tells you, and so on. I think a couple of things have happened. Uh, this is his long-term business plan. Why he needs a business after he retires, I'm not sure. But I, but I think that he really sees this as his opportunity to kind of give back. And also, it's been good for him. Where would he be if he didn't have this guy that showed him how to use flexibility, what to eat, those kind of things? He wouldn't be playing when he's 41, at this level anyway. So I think this he's really ingrained in that. A lot of that, people think that guy's a quack, though. That's number one. Yeah, number two, <laughs> there is a lot of scuff about what he's done in the past, and maybe he's a little shady. Okay, uh, yeah, maybe. Then, okay, if somebody proves it, we'll all have to eat crow. <laughs> but I think the other thing that happens, you're not married, so you don't know this, but uh-huh. I love my wife dearly. But, you know, we've been married 41 years. It hasn't all been roses. <laughs> There's some times that you sit in the living room in the two you look at each other and there's not a lot of words going back and forth. Now, it doesn't last long because mm-hmm. you love them. But for 18, this is the 19th year Brady's been doing this with a lot of the same guys. And Minahan happens to be one of those guys that it's all about him. He's trying to make a name for himself. He wants people to call in and say, I love the way you asked the nasty question, the tough question, you know, blah, blah, blah. They asked him the question. He said, I, I really don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Okay, I understand as a journalist, and you're one of them, <laughs> and I have no problem with that. I have, as a coach, I understand. You're doing a job. So he said, Okay, I'll ask it a different way. I'll, I'll drag him in by saying, Well, was he on the side Did he ride on the plane? Which are questions that you can ask because everybody already knows the answer to those, which is frustrating also. You already know the answer, it was already reported. He was on the sideline. He rode on the plane. Why do you have to ask him? So I think over 19 years, he's. he's I'm sure he's gotten a little frustrated, because you know what he says. I. I somebody wrote a column. I might have been, uh, Curran, the guy that's on NBC Sports Boston. He's always been a nice guy. Always kept his nose clean. Never any whatever. Always great with the press. Willing to spend extra time. Does the. Does the. Uh, Buddy to Buddy, whatever it is, uh, that he rides the bike and he's part of that fundraising campaign for special ed kids. Okay. and yeah. And uh, I think it's Buddy to Buddy, but I'm not exactly sure. Anyway, uh, and what did it get him? The second there was even a, a whiff of he might have, more probable than not, whatever that means, done something with footballs. Deflate, gate. Yeah, I don't know whether he did or not. right. But I'm just saying, right away, the Boston media, I mean, they ripped him a new one. And I, and I got to be thinking, if I'm him, why have I bothered to be such a nice guy? <laughs> they turned on me so fast. Instead of saying, no, not Tom. We trust him. If he says, you know, now I understand that's not the job of journalists. Your job is to dig, find out the truth. And we need that. I'm the first to tell you we need that, especially today with everybody trying to cover up everything. I got a feeling that he finally said, you know what? I'm 41 years old. I'm on the downside here. My kids are at an age where I want to spend more time. My wife wants me to retire. Why do I give a damn whether they like me or whether they like what I say? Yeah. You know what? I told you I didn't want to answer the questions. You asked me three more times. <laughs> See you, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> Click. He was like, have a nice day. Yeah, have a nice <laughs> Talk day. Talk to you soon. So, I mean, you could, you could make this spin either the way you wanted it to. I spin it that look he t- he said he didn't want to answer the question. I understand that you have a right to ask him. He has a right not to answer. And the 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 tricky part for my wife she said was they pay him for that.
0: It's contract he's contractually obligated to do the interview well,
1: I think. Yeah. Is he or does w- is it a separate EEI pays him, or is it part of his regular contract? That's a good you know question. That? I'm not uh, quite sure. Yeah, but I get, don't know. Someone's that paying him. Somebody's cause. paying him, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you have to be badgered. If if that's the way you see it. Now, mm-hmm. you as a journalist would say, "Hey, he asked the right questions. It's something people want to know, and he didn't want to answer
0: it." We also know those hosts; they love the fact he hung up because that's giving them material for. Oh no, this question. Whole week.
1: <laughs> I, I, you know what I think? Remember, this is a switch of who's interviewing him now. And Minahan, I wouldn't talk to Minahan if he stood right there in the studio. (laughs) He's a jerk. And he loves it. And you know what? People in Boston are crazy. They're the number one rated morning sports show in Boston. Mm -hmm. People love the... They don't even talk sports. Yeah. They dump on other shows. They say, oh, yeah, yeah, the big jab. That's all they do. (laughs) And people, it's number one rated show. Right. So he becomes emboldened. I'll do whatever the hell I want. Yeah. And again, I guess when you listen to the whole thing, it wasn't that bad, either the questions or the hanging up. As far as I was concerned, eh, it was a, <laughs> a Monday morning, whatever day it was in Boston. Eh, yeah.
0: Okay. How about you? You're, you, you. I scared. thought it was funny. I, I'm always. I'm always. Uh, I always love some controversy, and I, I thought it was very funny that he hung up on them, and uh, you know. It adds some drama when we're kind of in the dog days or summer right now. Where come on, can we get to September? We're a few days away. It's almost time for you know football season, all the other great sports we play in the fall as well. And so it gives some people some more um, stuff to talk about. So I, I mean, I'm not mad at Brady. I thought it was funny. So tell me what you think about. Uh, I know we got a couple more minutes for the break here. Yeah. Uh,
1: I don't happen to like him, the Dallas Cowboys
0: owner. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones
1: wants 18 games and two exhibition. Now, on the surface, I think it. I'd be frustrated if I was a ticket, a season ticket holder, and I had to pay for four meaningless games that you don't see anybody. The preseason and, and games it, are very frustrating. And it's yeah. Full price. Yeah, right. Exactly. And guys do get hurt. Now they get hurt in training camp too. So big, you know that. But I don't think 18 it be, I don't games think, yeah. is a money grab.
0: I don't think it should be 18 games.
1: And I don't care. Guys are going to get hit more in the games than they ever are going to be in preseason because it's for real. And you're playing for playoffs, playoff money, respect, all of that. And are they going to pay him, you know, that percentage more right. for two games? No. I can tell you right now they're not going
0: I to. Don't, I don't like 18 games because, as you mentioned, I mean, it's, just, it's not good for player health. I don't think instead of those charging full prices for the preseason games, I know – Everything's about money, but realistically, they should be charging much less. In fact, preseason games, they should be offered all sorts of deals to get people in the stadium who maybe not are not normally following the team.
1: You know what they do? People give them away. They're not supposed to. They, eh. they say, hey, Aaron, you want two tickets yeah. to a preseason game?
0: But like NFL games are so no expensive. Thanks. They're oh. so expensive to go to, so why not use the preseason as a chance to... You know, promote your team to maybe some people who, or, and just give them a chance to go to a game they maybe wouldn't normally be able to go to. And by the way, going to an NFL game is not that fun. Going to a football game is not that fun. I love football, but the fact of the matter is, it's a, it's not a very good in stadium experience. Most of the time, you can barely see what's going on in one end zone or the other, unless you're sitting at the 50 yard line. And it's so much preferable to watch football on television. And so, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, it just, Charge way less for preseason. You're making you're, you're printing money already instead of adding two regular season games and making people even more tired by the time the playoffs come around and making the football I think probably lower quality. I mean those two extra games are. I mean every Monday is like a trauma ward uh, <laughs> in the in the trainer's room for NFL players already. Uh, I don't like the eighteen well, games
1: and you got Thursdays and I, yeah. I I just think they're grinding those guys up and we, we said yesterday on air we, when Mike Cathy was his forty six thousand. Less kids played football last year than the year before. Some some yeah, I like mean that.
0: it's it's it, you're going to see participation continue to fall. I think in football, um, and what's going to happen is, unfortunately, it's going to be mostly at some point mostly people who are desperate to get out of a situation they grew up in, and they see football as a way you know to get out of that. Which it can be a good thing, but if it's only that, then you're 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 having a bunch of rich people watching a bunch of. Folks who grew up poor. Oh, it's like the old gladiators, right? Exactly, it's like the Roman gladiators. That's, that's where, kind of where I was headed because yeah. um, well, more well-off families are not going to let their kids play football because of the risk uh, with brain injuries and so forth and so on and so forth. And um, it could be good for other sports like baseball, which uh, has been worried about their own drop-off in terms of uh, being able to be played. But um, football certainly is, is headed towards a bit of a crisis there. I, I mean, we'll always have. I, I can't imagine a world without extremely popular tackle football play at the highest level of the NFL. I just think you're going to have a much more narrow range of people to choose from. We were going to play it in college and then even in high school as well, as you mentioned. So that it, it might take a few years, but that that's, we're already seeing that decline. As you mentioned, people are dropping out and deciding we, they don't want it anymore.
1: We've talked twice now with, with Hathaway. I think he's one of the more enlightened coaches. Uh, one of the reasons I really like him and, uh, I think what we're starting to see, and he really has worked on on this uh, with his program at Levitt. you know, a lot of that whole stuff about whether the parents want the kid to play is how they, what they see is the youth programs, you know, and, and I mean, just, if you watch the special that was on, I think it was 60 Minutes or one of those where they are talking about Texas youth football, I mean, is brutal. I I wouldn't have put my high school kids through that ever. Everything in Texas is sped up. Ever. Right,
0: their high school games I mean, are they like were college doing games. Stuff. Kids were yeah. getting
1: dinged in youth sport and get putting them back in. Right, and it's like whoa, you know, you take that out and you get a more coaches who are. I, I I don't even want to use a more humane, but seem to understand what we're all talking about. Teach the proper technique so you're not hitting with your head. Whatever. My kid played football. Would I let him play again today? I would. You would, yeah. He loved it. Yeah. He also played ice hockey. Uh, but he's but he smart. He knew what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, you know, talking about, it's interesting. You know what one of the most, the best sports for watching live? Ice hockey. Oh, uh, yeah. it's that's incredible. fun. It, it it doesn't convert as well to TV as it does live. Although live, with HD I, now. It's... Oh, yeah. It's true. <laughs> when I got HD, I was like, Whoa. Yeah, you got to this see the puck great. and yeah. everything,
0: yeah. But if you're, like, second row behind the glass or right by the glass, it, it, hockey's quite the experience. I, I, didn't grow up with, I didn't grow up with a hockey team. Um, I know where I've gone. Um, I'm at Bates now. I was at uh, Northwestern for undergrad. No hockey at either of those schools, so I've never really followed hockey that closely. But uh, the few games I've been to are very fun, certainly. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk about the other football, that would be soccer. Uh, Tyler Shake, the head coach of Bates College, the new head coach of the Bates College men's soccer team, they open next week, Wednesday night of next week, at Garcelon Field. Should be a really fun season. We'll have Tyler on the other side of this break. This is the b Daily on Sports Time 780
2: when it comes to sports teams in New England. Well, now there's a new team to add to the list. The orthopedic team at Spectrum Healthcare Partners, an all-star team of orthopedic care right here in your backyard. Four of the area's top orthopedic practices, OA Centers for Orthopedics, Central Maine Orthopedics, Falmouth Orthopedic Center, and Maine Ortho have joined forces to become a dream team of orthopedic care where physicians, surgeons, sports medicine specialists, and clinical staff share resources and work as one to make patient care efficient and more affordable. To learn more about the orthopedic team at Spectrum Healthcare Partners and connect with a provider in your area, visit SpectrumHCP.com slash ortho. That's SpectrumHCP.com slash ortho. See something?
3: Smell something? Do something? When your basement or crawl space smells, don't ignore it. Odors, mold and harmful pollutants come from too much moisture and not enough air circulation making your home unhealthy. Do something. Call Wave Home Solutions today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. Experts recommend ventilation instead of dehumidifiers to reduce moisture and expel harmful gases and pollutants. Wave moisture control units continuously dry out your home transforming it into a fresher, healthier environment year-round. Wave units cost only pennies a day to operate, and there are no buckets too empty. Call Wave today at one 980 wave or go to goodairusa.com. That's goodairusa.com or call 1-888-980-WAVE. Wave
4: Home Solutions for a healthy, comfortable home.
3: If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. Call Wallen Associates now and pay less than you owe. 800-727-0433.
5: That's 800-727-0433. Did you ever look at the stains in your coffee cup and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Powerswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee tea or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. Martin Ginniger that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Paraswabs risk-free, call 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969.
6: All aboard! MBR.org! The place to get all your high school and amateur sports news and information. MBR.org is in high gear with Maine High School Winter Sports. Go to MBR.org to chat about your favorite team. Find the latest articles, Travel news and cancellations or visit their all new and very popular team pages mbr.org has everything you want to know about high school and amateur sports in maine coming in february all the high school tournament action at your fingertips 24 7 it's high school sports heaven all aboard mbr.org If you
7: are a coach, a booster, a PTA leader, Maine Athletic Fundraising is the choice to help you make money. Maine Athletic Fundraising works with both high school and youth programs of all ages to make you the most amount of money in the least amount of time. No risk, no minimums. Mark Smith and his staff will walk you through every step of their plan to help you meet your financial goals. Call them today, 207-468-1759 or check them out online, maineathleticfundraising.com.
0: It's the B-List Daily on Sports Time 780. Aaron Morse, Coach Dave Wing, and happy to be joined in studio by the new head men's soccer coach at Bates College, that is Tyler Shake, joining us in studio. Tyler, thanks so much for taking the time to come over here to Auburn.
8: <laughs> Aaron, Dave, thanks for having me. Uh, it's a beautiful Wednesday morning. Absolutely.
0: Well, first year at Bates, first of all, tell us a little bit about your background. When did you start playing soccer? You played at Quinnipiac, um, but you also got into coaching right after that. But when did you start playing soccer, and when did you know you wanted to be a soccer coach?
8: Uh, Probably when I started playing. Yeah, I I had a family of of coaches. I had two older brothers um, that I chased around, and and obviously my father um, got me into it, so... Uh, very young. The Story is, I was kicking the ball with my knees before my feet. Uh-huh. Um, those were the times before they shrunk fields and lowered basketball hoops and the like. You just had to struggle. So, um, you know, I owe everything to my family. And uh, really young age and you know, youth soccer throughout. All the new academy systems and the like weren't around back then. So, it was a fun experience for me growing up with a with a great group of of families and and my brothers from my hometown, um, you know, my, my brothers from other mothers, I mean, and, uh, we captured a state championship and that was one of the highlights of, uh, ever my sporting career. So.
0: And then how did the coaching opportunity first arise right after you graduated from college?
8: Yeah. So, I went into graduate school at UConn for, for education and, um, honest still one of the most fun teams I ever coached, a fun level to coach middle school boys. <laughs> um, I was kind of student teacher, slash uh, middle school boys coach. And I remember, you know, it's 4-0 at halftime, and you come back, and it's 4-4, and everybody's happy. Um, And it just blows blows the socks off of you because it was just the most fun game to ever watch. But um, no, and I was hooked. I was hooked after then, so um, for sure. And then I've had a lot of great coaches along the way that have shown me... Really showing me the way. Um, some in some instances, one or two coaches that maybe show me what what not to do. huh. And I've learned sure. my my myself over the last six years. Now going into my seventh year in college. So.
0: Well, you come to Bates from Knox, where you had a lot of success. You were coaching there from 2015 till uh, last year, 39 and 10 and nine. So, how were you able to um, build your program there over the past few seasons?
8: Not. Very different from the situation I have here. I'm, uh-huh. I'm inheriting. A, I inherited a good team. I'm, I'm inheriting a good team here. Uh, inherited a great team at Knox Championship season. Um, so it was. It was really more of a question of sustenance, and um, you know, an era of Knox Knox Athletics that now uh, I think. I mean, they're just going to be one of the best teams in the Midwest from here on out. Uh, it was difficult at first, just sort of filling the shoes of my predecessor. Uh, Matt Edwards, who's now at Claremont, uh, Claremont mm. McKenna, sure, fantastic West Coast uh, academic elite school. So, um, you know, he left me with a full cupboard, uh, but we, we, we pushed on and we sort of reinvented ourselves as well um, from a team that, that counter-attacked to attacked, and then we ended up being a very defensive team mm. um, and, and uh, broke a lot of defensive shutouts our last season. So um, for that, those sort of characteristic changes in the team, I credit players. Because I, I think at this level, you know, so yes, you want to bring guys in that can fit your, your sort of philosophies, but at the same token, you got to get the best out of the guys you have. And it's tough for me to say no to good soccer players. So once we bring them in, then we sometimes sort of figure it out. And the Knox kids were uh, really good at that.
0: So what attracted you to Bates? I know you're from the Northeast. Was that part of it? Yeah,
8: no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. My brothers were were Nescat guys, uh, uh-huh. Trin and Khan, a okay. uh, very competitive level. One was. One singles at Connecticut College. My brother Nick, brother Jared was two or three singles, three or four on a on a very good top five, uh, d- division three tennis team, mm. Trinity College. So sure. uh, back in the 90s. So you know I was always around it and seeing these schools and the campus visits and I don't know if I was ever smart enough to, but uh, the fact that I could come back and coach with these these men and uh, you know hopefully make a difference in their lives was was. You know, uh, something that I couldn't pass up.
0: Excellent. So your first impression so far, you've had a couple of days here, right? <laughs> with, the, with the players, I should say.
8: Yeah. I think, you know, obviously when you talk Bates, again, I just alluded to it, you talk NESCACs as well. Um, Bates has its own special sense, though. Um, after seeing all these campuses, I think it's the, the others are maybe more uh, white-collar country clubs. Maybe <laughs> Bates is, is the nicest public park. And, um, and I mean that in the best way possible. Sure, right. And, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed the people when everyone professes to be about family. No, 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 no. Bates is really about it, and I've felt that. And it's meant a lot to my own immediate family, really, in the transition. So um, as we move towards this first practice today, the NESCAC rules, all that transitioning, um, the high, high tier one academic, it's a little funky, to be honest. It's different than anything I had s- experienced before. But uh, I got a great group of guys raring to go, and I think they're going to sort of sort of walk hand in hand with this and uh, feed off of one another. So
0: so very first practice, what's your approach?
8: Got to see what I got. Yeah. Have to see what I got. So, um, you know, these are guys admittedly been here in the office now three weeks and, and three days. So um, they, they weren't recruited by me, but I've seen enough video and collected as much as I can and word of mouth and. Vetted them with some of their club and high school coaches and learned their pedigrees and obviously got to know them on a personal level as best as I can. Um, but now we just roll the ball out and play and get after it. So that's what they're hungry to do. Players want to play. I'm going to afford them that opportunity in the preseason.
1: Do you have a particular style that you You said you transitioned from a, from a counterattack to offense to a defensive club. If you had a mm-hmm. preferred style, what would it be?
8: Get after it. And NESCAC is known for being a pressing conference and it's a bit of bit of attrition in that regards so trying to change the lines and sort of push one team further back um, you know I intend to, to press on occasion um, and other times I intend to hopefully rope-a-dope um, but yeah. um, you know we'll be pragmatic in our approach this first year um, as we start to recruit maybe a slightly more different different type of player maybe we can uh, we can keep the ball touch more um but sort of remains to be seen dave Uh, again just sort of need to see what we got and what we do well and i don't want to rock the boat too much because what they did last year worked they were beating national tournament teams uh they scalped a few you know nationally ranked teams um and they were a nescaq tournament team which is only one or two spots off of uh, at large bit so um it's it's nothing it's not a situation where i have to sort of um sort of blow up the plans and start over yeah so uh, and the, like I said, the cover doesn't bear. But we're going to look to hopefully get after it a little bit more and impose our will. I'm curious,
0: um, Stuart Flaherty was a friend of the program. He was on multiple times. How much talk is there when there's a transition like this between you and the previous head coach? Stuart and I had a
8: fantastic conversation yeah. about a week ago. Uh-huh. Um, he's, been, he's been really uh, a strong supporter of the transition. And oh, as I understand it, the move that he made was, was a career one. Um, you know, no one's wagging any fingers at Dartmouth University, the four-time Ivy champion. Right. <laughs> um, and he, and, and it, it was clear to me that this is this is a huge chunk of his of his life. It was a seven-year stop, um, and these were his guys, and this is a bit of his baby. So, um, you know, I I see myself as a custodian. I want to be a custodian here for a long time, and uh, the mold of, of Coach Pregabi uh, So, uh, I'm here for the long haul, and uh, I just I'm looking to pick up on what. Stu did, um, and just sort of turned the screws year by year. Well, and Josh Thornton,
0: who was an assistant with Stu being one of your assistants, how that helped the transition?
8: He's been perfect. Yeah. <laughs> He's really per- been, been perfect for the job at this moment. And he, yeah. he knows the New England soccer sh- scene extremely well through his uh, GPS club ties. I um, don't want to get into that scene. I'm a college coach for a reason. The, the club scenes get, get crazy, um, <laughs> and, and New England's crazy saturated. But he's someone who who's able to navigate that, so he's been invaluable to me. I know the guys love him. They've already, you know, one or two things with the what's Tyler thinking, um, and they're able to go to Joe Josh as a, a liaison, and and um, you know we're all able to get on the same page that way. So um, he's been great, and I, I continue to work with them. We feel really good about the 2019 class. We're putting together the targets that we're making for 2020s. Um, we're we're stepping in the right direction.
1: What? uh... We've talked to the, about this before with the Bates coaches because Aaron's had almost all of them on. When he fills in, we yeah. have Bates it's coaches Bates go It's the return. The yeah. It's yeah. great. Oh, it's great. I, I told him I have been list. really impressed with, of course, I have an affinity. My daughter went to Conn College and my son went to Camels. Wesleyan. So All right. <laughs> yeah, so I understand Neskec yeah. pretty well. Uh, let's talk about uh, re- recruiting is so important at every level. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have to have recruit kids to come all the way here. Other than Bowden and Colby, and even Bowden's south of here, Colby's the only one north of here in in And they're going to go through some Ivy League schools. What's the draw? What What do you see as the the way to get them to to come here?
8: Once uh, the education speaks for itself, but you're not wrong in saying, okay, well, the education speaks for a lot of the schools they're going through, and you are splitting hairs, and it's small differences and it's feel, and I've already kind of felt it from some of uh, the prospective student athletes we're speaking with, where, you know, they really want Bates, and they kind of sense it's home for them. Now, I've always grown up in Connecticut, Trin- Trinity's and the Wesleyans and Cons located, and um, you know I always wanted to get to Maine, so I'm also going to be selling get to the, come to the great state of Maine, study abroad in Maine, and we've got kids from Dallas, from San Francisco, um, you know you're, sh- nice. you're close enough a short short jaunt to the ocean. Um, good people up here, good folks, but there's this certain sense. Um, the campus, albeit a small liberal arts college, feels bigger. You know, I think Lewiston Auburn, the Twin Cities, has all the character in the world. Um, so it's something where everything, you know, even though it's a small environment, it feels bigger. We've already got now a, a team and a program where junior year kids are going abroad afterward, uh, going abroad and studying in Europe and South America. So it's, it's something where they can still get a big school experience. And I'm going to sell that. You're going to have a big time. You're going to have a good time. A big time even though it's a small liberal arts college. And similar to the, I mean, we're a little Ivy, but um, you're splitting hairs as far as I'm concerned.
1: I've told the other coaches, I've lived in Green just outside Mm -hmm. of town for about 35 years, I guess. And I've seen the Bates campus change dramatically.
8: Oh, it's... The
1: the facilities have changed dramatically and the, the goodwill and the the good feel for what a what a college town feels like. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I've seen it change. I, I think it was, Lewiston was always considered a mill town. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is still somewhat, I guess, although there's not many mills anymore. The tech. mill has restaurants. Are in it. Pretty much mm-hmm. gone. <laughs> they, have good brew, they have brew yes, houses They do. now. They that's do. right. Yeah. Uh, but I I do think that it's got a nice college atmosphere now. It really
8: does. It does. There's enough meat on the bones for an 18- to 22-year-old soccer player, um, student athlete, male student athlete, to get, you know, sort of have their fun. I've, I've coached in Appalachia and Central Pennsylvania. I've coached in Central Illinois. Um, good folks all across this country. But there's definitely enough here, enough meat on the bones of the Twin Cities to, to keep a young man op- occupied. So, so you play at the Division One level. What about the Division
0: Three level was attractive to you from a coaching perspective?
8: Yeah, I, I, it's pure. Yeah, it's the purest sense of the sport. And I was mid-major Division One, and my career was nondescript <laughs> at best. Um, Those are the best coaches, by the way. There you go. Right, right. There you go. <laughs> no, they but, uh, yeah. You know, um, this is a mid-major level. This is mid-major. Uh, you know, if things aren't going right, maybe it's low-major, and we're giving them the halftime hairdryer. But, you know, at, at our best, we're keeping <laughs> the ball. It's it's fine-tuned athletes it really is you know we go off the ivy camps and we're looking for the best players just like the best school other best schools around us so um that attracted me for sure the other fact that you know i'm just not bogged down with soccer 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 there's more to making a team you never hear you got heard you guys talking american football before yes you never hear you know a guy after winning the super bowl you know continue to talk about you know f- f- the actual play on the field they talk about their brothers. They talk about their family. They talk about the season that they had, the fun times that they had, and the ups and downs. And I think Division Three embodies that quite a bit. And so the holistic philosophy is something that I've always had an affinity towards.
1: I've always said, I the 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 uh, the scheme, the strategy, the style, really important. But we're still coaching people, and if we don't take care of all of that part, the rest of it isn't going to make any difference anyway. It Dave, really isn't.
8: Dave couldn't agree with
0: you more. <laughs> when you were interviewing for the Bates position, what did the search committee and what did Jason maybe say to you about what they were looking for from a coach and uh, how, how's that reflecting the way you're going about things at all?
8: They made it pretty clear that they want someone to come in and, and coach the whole person, and that's sort of the ethos yeah. of Bates and anything less is isn't good enough for these student-athletes, and I wholeheartedly agree. On a flip side, they were also firebrands. I mean, Jason... <laughs> Lit a fire under me before I ever got the, the call. Right. Um, you know I believe in, in the work he's doing, the colleagues, um, those on the search committee. One of one of whom was the women's soccer coach uh, mm-hmm. Kelsey Ross was phenomenal. Um, good people. So I mean that came through glaringly, um, and I and I felt it. It was something that I, I went home, uh, went to the hotel rather with my wife, and immediately said, like, I really, 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 really want this. Yeah. Um, and it was because they made an impression on me. I believe that everything will, you know, you said it, Dave. It, things have gotten better and better and better and better and better. It's only going to continue to. So
1: we have had him on, one time he phoned in for an interview and then Jason, the, yeah, Jason. And the second time we had actually had him in the studio. We asked him tough questions. I mean, one well, of he's a quest- New Yorker. He's ready for tough questions. Well, yeah. <laughs> one of my one of my questions was: uh, Bates has a huge back to Bates weekend, where yep. you know alumni come in or whatever. Four of the teams were. I'll, gone somewhere? Yeah. I said, Jason. How how can that be back debates? Those those kids never saw they played, and they didn't just play Saturday. They yeah. played Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. I said, you know. So he said, well, that's one of the things that we're really working on. Talked
8: and, about transitioning. One of the things, NESCAC scheduling can be a little yeah. funky, and you know, I know, I know. Jason knows this game at an elite level, at a national level, um, serving on certain councils um, with the NCAA, and um, I know he's going to be. The things will be done the right way as best as, I think, Nescax will allow. Sure. But he'll be pushing Bates to the forefront and Bates Athletics in that endeavor. So,
1: Do you think those rules that NESCAC is so tight on will have a change? Or do you I, think that's one of the things that makes it so great?
8: A little bit of both. You know, just uh, having not fully experienced it, I think a little bit of both. It hasn't slowed him down. Five out of 11 teams in men's soccer. Sure. Yeah. Heck, Danny Ryder over in uh, field hockey was... Also, eighth in NESCAC tournament team like Bates Men's Soccer last year, they were also 20 in the country. <laughs> yeah. they beat, All the way up to number two in the country. They beat three uh, teams ranked in the top ten in field you, hockey. You know, yeah. so yeah. it's not slowing them down. I do think, you know, you talk about other top academic conferences, UAAs, Ivy League, um, Patriot League. These are top class student athletes that can also handle more athletics. I'd hope in my tenure here... Um, at Bates that they were loosened it a little bit and let the student athletes fly and another one of their passions outside of the classroom but uh, you know I also think it's something that makes it Neskaki. so um, taking liberties with that word sorry but, uh, <laughs> Neskaki, I like it yeah. I
1: know that uh, I was wanted to find out if they do the same thing in soccer my daughter played field hockey and ice hockey at Gone College and sport. In, in field hockey uh, you played on Saturday Mm-hmm. The tournament started, the Neskec tournament started on Sunday. Yeah. You went back inside the the coach's office, and she went online and found out, okay, this is who yeah. we're playing, and you everybody packed up and headed.
8: It's a bit of a and, whirlwind, yeah.
1: Whew, I mean, it was exciting as hell. For parents, it was exciting as hell. We we were waiting to find out, okay, get in the car, sweetie, where are Selection we going? Selection Saturday or yeah. whatever, yeah. and it was bang. And I thought, you know, <laughs> that makes it, at least that first round, you if you're on the road, you better pack for two days because you yeah. could be playing on the road yeah, again. The po- yeah, you know? yeah, the, yeah, the pods. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know where you're going. So <laughs> it was pretty exciting. I'm not sure the coaches like it that well, but I, I thought it was great.
8: Well, I wonder. I, also, so they, also is that the career, way they do soccer? I'm not you know, not entirely sure because different regions do it. Sometimes it's one-off and they'll bring them in on a Wednesday and then they bring them back on a Saturday. Um, actually, just brought on my oldest brother, Jared, as a, as a volunteer assistant coach and Uh, He had a team that was a conference championship and got an automatic bid, and they were part of a pod, as you describe it, a back-to-back kind of doubleheader weekend. Oh, this was
1: just NESCAC. um,
8: Yeah, for the NESCAC tournament. This was just NESCAC. So
0: for the NESCAC tournament, for example, men's soccer this year wraps up with Colby on October 24th. NESCAC quarterfinals October 27th, so just a few days later. Okay, so
8: there is a space in there. There's a couple days. at the highest, higher seed. But then there's a
0: week. There's a week off until the semifinals. Uh, And I believe the top seed then... Host the semis and the yeah. championship so november 3rd is the semis november 4th is the championship and whoever is the top seed that emerges from the quarterfinals
8: gets they the give the they give some rest and preparation yeah for, looks like the quarterfinals is a quick turnaround but a
0: little bit yeah. yeah and obviously sometimes and last year it did come down to the final day of the regular season for Bates, and they beat colby in quite dramatic fashion uh at colby last year uh in an overtime uh, game i if i recall there they had to win they couldn't draw they had to win and they did and it Pretty cool.
1: See, and that's a. It's been a while since my daughter played, so they may have put some space in there now. A little space. That's where it used to be in field hockey. They boom, they played yeah. the next day. <laughs> I, w-
8: I wonder if in my career, because I know at the at Division One level, there's a, a huge push to sort of allow more rest. So these guys are beating themselves up for 90 minutes, so um, without any pads and the like, <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm a, a lot of pushes being made to sort of have a full year season. That's a whole other. Oh, headache wow. for for yeah. Division three budgets and, and athletic directors and, and whatnot. But, you know, I, I, w- I would love them to, to consider the student athlete in some of these things. Even doublehead a week, because I know, missed class time, massive deal. But, uh, you know, it's crazy when you ask them to beat each other up like they do. But it's also part of college athletics, and they're young and they can do it. And <laughs> that's how I am. I operate in a gray area, you know?
1: My daughter went two sports in a row. Yeah. And didn't ever hurt a GPA cuz she's smart like a mother, thank God. <laughs> but uh, both my kids were. But uh it was exciting. We went every weekend. Yeah. We went to Connecticut or somewhere in New England every weekend to see your place. Ex-
8: I'm excited to see the, the the men's soccer parents and families come on. I hear they do put on a good spread, a good tailgate. Yes, and they oh, do. Tailgates you know, fantastic. Are, I've had a few they? of those. <laughs> those are yeah. nice. Yeah, all all invited. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah. That's the stuff Aaron that and I, I think stop
1: in. We'll, we'll critique it. <laughs> those, are the, those are the things I think the, the,
8: the players remember. You know? oh, so.
0: Absolutely. Well, and you guys get to open under the lights at Garcelon on Wednesday against I Maine do. Farmington. So you said today's the first day of practice, so you literally have exactly a week before your first game. Wow. <laughs> you do? Reminding me of it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah thank you very much. a quick, quick turnaround. Just, just if you didn't know that. Quick turnaround yeah. to the Hamilton. <laughs> Look,
8: I can complain with the best of them, but, uh, you know, then you got to trudge on. So. Yeah. How do, um, how do you feel
1: about playing on on turf, at Garson?
8: You know the bounce, and it's it's the same turf for both teams, so right. it, it's certainly speedier. Um, Is that where they play all the games? No, games? most of no. their games are Russell Street say. Field, but yeah, yeah. Well, it's Street nighttime grass. Nighttime. has lights. Yeah, so, kind of. Yeah. I think the the lads wanted to sort of announce themselves in this new season yeah. right. in front of the in front of the campus in the middle of campus, right across from Commons. There, um, one of the one of the more impressive buildings on campus. So. It's a good venue. Um, you know, we're going to do everything we can to prepare for Maine, Farmington.
4: Yep.
0: Do you call the soccer games? No, I don't do the broadcast because I have to uh, focus on the live statistics that we put out on the web because uh, I can do that for baseball. I can do both at the same time. But soccer, there's a lot of subs happening, and you have to record every corner kick and who's taking it. A lot of moving and
8: shaking. Hopefully a lot of shots from Bates. We'll see. And also, but. frankly, I'm not very good okay. at soccer play-by-play. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Well, he kicks the ball to so-and-so who kicks the ball to that guy.
8: <laughs> the big boot. Yeah. not
0: a, I don't have the quite the rhythm yet. I enjoy soccer. It's like, soccer I, it's like
1: ice people. hockey. Oh, my God. Ice hockey play-by-play, yeah. play play, play, play. nuts.
0: Yeah. Nuts. <laughs> well, that one you can barely look down. But uh, yeah. luckily, soccer is a little bit more of uh, leeway there. But, yeah. So yeah. we'll have uh, Northeast Sports Network, of course, broadcasting that game. But uh, obviously, people can come out to Garcelon Field Wednesday um, at eight o'clock. Maine Farmington. Oh, that'll be fun.
8: Nice little warm up before you jump into riding a NESCAC play, right? Rats, yeah. So that's the, the couple days turn around and then Hamilton, who, yeah. who they tussled with, and I mean everyone beats up everybody, and it's, yeah. it seems like talking to the, my colleagues in the office, it's it's like that all sports. Yeah. Uh, Hamilton team that I think clipped on Amherst four three last year or something. So and Bates and beat in Hamilton. Talent- Talent, yeah, a ta- talented Hamilton side. So it'll be a tussle, but we're not looking past humane Farmington. It's so simple as that. If we do, that's a recipe for disaster. How so. much film study are you doing of the oppo- opponents? At the moment, um, none. Not right. Okay. We're doing got, film, got study the of our, yeah. <laughs> film study of ourselves. But we yeah. have built-in in meetings to make sure, sure. We, we can take a look. Um, you know, bare minimum, some set-piece stuff. Uh, if we really want us to hone in on what we're doing. Um, but it's important for guys to know. And, and some of them are, hey, coach, whatever. Line them up I'll knock them down others they really you know uh, it's something that they take to heart and they they're professorial in their prof- approach the way I try to be so um, we give it for as long as one wants it we give it and we'll be we'll be giving it this year yeah. so
1: is there a rule NeSC where the other team has to send you their film uh, I believe or? that's new this
8: year actually so everyone's on huddle right. now why I was and asking
1: because the huddle is everybody can do that which now. is
8: which is the humane thing to do but I, I you know I <laughs> I, th- I thought it was fun when we were at Knox. My assistant and I, Brian, who's who's taken over there, and going to do a fantastic job, and hope the boys win themselves another championship. But uh, Brian, Brian and I would be finding streams online and staying up all night and trying to record them right. off of a kid's computer yeah. and watching it and uploading. Screen itself. capture. Yeah. Look, this makes it yeah. easier. I got I got a beautiful eighteen-month-old daughter at home and, and Ooh, a wife I, wife I intend to kiss g- good bed uh, good night every night. So, um, this will help things. So.
1: well and the other thing is with the huddle is your kids can be back in the dorm and have that before yeah. you can get home. Yeah, they get the clips they up get it and we can right cut off it and they can and watch it. It's then a good you venue. watch it with them. They they've already seen it and they've seen themselves. You I won't. used to say, what do you mean you didn't fall down? there? I can see it right there. We you don't know, always like always what we see, but yeah, yeah, yeah no it's, right. it's it's a
8: fantastic <laughs> learning tool and I and I find that kids improve with it. So what are you maybe
0: most excited about the upcoming season? What are you the most nervous about, perhaps? There's a
8: twofer. Yeah, in the same. It's the, the same Nesca- thing. It's the NESCAC conference. It's nervous excitement. Yeah, it's yeah. the it's the it's the NESCAC conference. It's playing against these names, these known entities nationally, um, and f- for the chance for us to insert ourselves into that conversation in men's soccer, it's going to happen. Uh, we want it to happen sooner than later. The, the I tell you that the fellows don't want it to be a stepping stone. Oh, they—they made the tournament. Now they can win around. No, we're gunning for championships. Yeah. Otherwise, what the heck are we doing here? But uh, there's a million and one little steps to get there. So, um, those little—I'm excited about the little steps. I'm nervous about the big steps because um, there's some big bears out there. But they're gonna—they're gonna feel the bobcats. That's for sure.
0: Excellent. Well, I think that's a good way to wrap things up here yep. on this segment. Tyler Shake, thanks so much for joining us here in studio. Aaron, Dave, absolute pleasure. Don't forget Bates Men's Soccer opening a week from today, 8 o'clock p.m. at Garcelon Field, taking on Maine Farmington. They've had some very uh, entertaining openers in recent years. expect nothing less this season. Tyler, thanks again. We'll be back in just a bit. This is the B-List Daily, Sports Time 780, pleasure. and yeah, live online you, at sportstimemaine.com. Sportstimemaine.
2: You're listening to the B-List Daily on Sports Time Maine, AM 780, WTME. Rumford, Mexico, Dixfield. There's a winning culture when it comes to sports teams in New England. Well, now there's a new team to add to the list. The orthopedic team at Spectrum Healthcare Partners. An all-star team of orthopedic care right here in your backyard. Four of the area's top orthopedic practices, OA Centers for Orthopedics, Central Maine Orthopedics, Falmouth Orthopedic Center, and Maine Ortho have joined forces to become a dream team of orthopedic care, where physicians, surgeons, sports medicine specialists, and clinical staff share resources and work as one to make patient care efficient and more affordable. To learn more about the orthopedic team at Spectrum Healthcare Partners and connect with a provider in your area, visit spectrumhcp.com ortho. That's spectrumhcp.com ortho.
3: See something? Smell something, do something. When your basement or crawl space smells, don't ignore it. Odors, mold, and harmful pollutants come from too much moisture and not enough air circulation making your home unhealthy. Do something. Call Wave Home Solutions today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. Experts recommend ventilation instead of dehumidifiers to reduce moisture and expel harmful gases and pollutants. Wave moisture control units continuously dry out your home, transforming it into a fresher, healthier environment year-round. Wave units cost only pennies a day to operate, and there are no buckets too empty. Call Wave today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. That's goodairusa.com or call 1-888-980-WAVE.
4: Wave Home Solutions
3: if you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. Call Wallen Associates now and pay less than you owe. 800-727-0433. That's
5: 800-727-0433. Did you ever look at the stains in your coffee cup and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Paraswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee... Tea or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades wider teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. Martin Ginnicker that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Paraswabs risk free, call 1 800 679 0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969.
6: All aboard! MBR.org! The place to get all your high school and amateur sports news and information. MBR.org is in high gear with Maine High School Winter Sports. Go to MBR.org to chat about your favorite team. Find the latest articles, travel news, and cancellations. Or visit their all-new and very popular team pages. MBR.org has everything you want to know about high school and amateur sports in Maine. Coming in February. All the high school tournament action at your fingertips 24-7. It's high school sports heaven. All aboard NBR.org!
7: If you are a coach, a booster, a PTA leader, Maine Athletic Fundraising is the choice to help you make money. Maine Athletic Fundraising works with both high school and youth programs of all ages to make you the most amount of money in the least amount of time. No risk, no minimums. Mark Smith and his staff will walk you through every step of their plan to help you meet your financial goals. Call them today, 207-468-1759 or check them out online, Maine Athletic Fundraising.
0: It's the B-List Daily here on Sports Time 780. My name is Aaron Morse filling in for Matty B., On this Wednesday, we did have a little shout out. We wanted to shout
1: out to Kaylee Boutwell. Yes, Uh, she's letting us use her phone so we can be (laughs) on Facebook Live. Maddie has his phone with him. Yeah, (laughs) and also we're gonna try something. I'm gonna, I'm going to send a a text to Jason Fuller. Okay, the AD at Lewiston. Maddie would like to, in order to set up in that new press box that you'll be doing yeah. the game from on friday do have stairs for it we, yeah we'd like there are <laughs> stairs i, I, was, over there, it? I okay. was over there i was over there yesterday <laughs> there are stairs all right good that's another story that <laughs> <I> jason told <laughs> I us i need stairs <laughs> yeah yeah i can see you going hand over foot I to go up a ladder up or something the press box. uh he'd like to do the show from over there
4: oh it'll be kind of B-list fun put some notoriety into the new fields and sure. also
1: yep. test out whether the equipment Everything's going to work over there. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do a dry run. So I will send a uh, text to uh, Jason while we're talking and <laughs> see what the reply is. Well,
0: speaking of high school football, we got four games on the Gleason Media family of stations this Friday night.
1: We just keep getting bigger.
0: Portland at Wyndham on 92.7. Nick Perry will have the call of that one. And then we also have Bangor at Edward Little at 7 o'clock as well. That'll be on 105.5 FM, 1240 AM, and right here on Sports Time, 780
1: AM. It's me, and I'm going to do do it with, I believe, Jim Palmer was scheduled, but he's taking his daughter back to to Maine. Okay. I said, boy, where's his priorities? Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) Bangor at Edward Little, come on now. And so,
1: yeah, and uh, good luck to him and her. And uh, so I think, he hasn't gotten back to me today, but I think Chad Stoll who is an assistant at Oak Hill, they don't play Friday night. They play Saturday, and he was not going to be scouting this week, so I think he's going to do the game with me.
0: So that'll be you on the call there. And then Oxford Hills at Lewiston, their first game at their new stadium. I'll be on the call with uh, former Oxford Hills and Edward Little Athletic Director Jeff Benson as well. That'll be on 96.9 The Ox and a.m. 1450. Also, of course, at 7 o'clock on Friday. And last but not least, 7 p.m., Poland at Mountain Valley. Ryan Palmer will be on the call. That will be on the Ox 100.7. So we have a bunch of different frequencies. for Pretty much anywhere you turn the radio dial on Friday at 7 o'clock, you will hear a high school football game, certainly. And, uh, you know, Coach Wing, week one of the high school football season – What are you most excited about to see this year in our coverage area, whether it be from Edward Little, Lewiston, Oxford Hills? Obviously, all those teams have been very good in recent seasons. Wyndham, of course, excellent as well.
1: I've gotten around. uh, I've interviewed uh, Mike Hathaway. Yeah. Um, I've interviewed uh, Chris Cates, Stacey and Doucette um, to get ready for – and uh, Bruce Nicholas at Lewiston Mm -hmm. to get ready for Football Friday – and I've got uh, Spencer Emerson, the new coach at Poland, this afternoon, and uh, Dave Sterling, the El coach, uh, sure. this evening. Uh, so, I, I think each of those teams. Uh, I always ask them one of my questions is Who did you lose? You right. Know, whatever. And uh, I think that there's a lot of question marks in this. These the five schools, five or six schools around here, and and maybe even more, including Wyndham and and Oxford Hills because um, they've lost key people. You know, mm-hmm. Yale lost their quarterback. Grant Hartley, Hartley going to UMaine. and uh, lost uh, Poussard, Garrett Poussard, and that big, great tailback that they had. Um, so everybody, and uh, Leavitt lost their, their quarterback. Uh, now, uh, Wyatt Hathaway, uh, Mike's son, is the quarterback. He filled in a game and a half when uh, when their other quarterback was hurt, when Albert was hurt. So he has some experience. I saw them in a preseason scrimmage on Saturday. He looked really good. Uh, so I think there's some of that. Lewiston uh, Cortez is back as quarterback. He got hurt near the end of the season, but he's back. That helps a lot.
0: They also okay. have a good new defensive coordinator. I think, yes, Gus Blank. We, we know that <laughs>
1: name, and uh, yeah. he's uh, he and I are going to start having lunch, talking some football, so it'll be fine. Drawing up uh, some schemes. And I also place. said he hasn't heard this yet, but I mentioned to Matty yesterday, my wife's now retired, so she'd like to do some three-day, four-day little right. excursions like we did last week. We were gone to the hinterlands last week hiking, and yeah. we've got a time coming up. We may do some biking around the Boston area because her sister and husband, who we haven't we haven't seen in a couple of years, are going to be in Boston. Mm-hmm. He's coming up for a class reunion, so we may go biking for a couple of days, and I said, you know who could fill in while I'm gone? Gus LeBlanc? Yeah. He's retired. Get him out of the house. <laughs> Get it." A- Get out from underneath that honey-do list. Yeah. So we'll see uh, how that goes. By the way, he lives with one of the all-time great teachers, Patty LeBlanc. Shout out to her if she's listening. He, She was as good as it gets. And, you know, there's a funny story. I'll interrupt my little football thing here. So Gus and I have been friends a long time. Uh, back when he was a coach at Dexter, I was at Scott Weekend. We used to he used to bring his JVs down, and he'd come with them. And he and I would stand up in the bleachers and watch the JV game and talk about things that we were seeing and so on and then uh, my son had him as the principal at, at Levitt, and then uh, when he'd had enough of Levitt, he came to Oak Hill to be my assistant for just under two years it wasn't quite a complete second first year he came a little bit later uh, so we go back a long ways and uh, so he came to me and he said hey uh, did I see that you've got a so stays opening and I said, yeah. He said, well, I, I think my wife's going to apply. And I'm thinking, oh, boy. Because <laughs> I didn't know Patty at the time. And I said, what if she isn't any good and right. I don't hire her? There goes my friendship with Gus. You know, he's going to be saying, that's, hey, that's what happened? That's always a tough situation. It's always tough. But she was fantastic. We loved her right away. Because we gave her a hard time. And I'm sure she's told you that story about she went to Bates for a couple of years. And then she transferred to Ornall. I think it was to be around Gus because he was going to Maine. But makes, anyway, makes probably. Yeah. Anyway, we said, well, we're not going to hold that against you. They, we, she went to Bates, and she never understood that it was a joke.
0: Right. She thought we was Because well, Jeff Sturgis Jeff Sturgis, to Bates. my
1: assistant, went to yeah. Bates. Two-time assistant that went to Bates, both both at Oak Hill and Levitt. And anyway, um, <clears throat> she was fantastic. We hired her, and the rest is history. I, I don't know as I know how many years she was at Oak Hill, but a lot. Yeah. And made a tremendous impact, uh, both in the classroom and with the the uh, Thanksgiving basket uh, program that she ran, being advisor for the student council, the OHLA we called it, and uh, and Christmas baskets to give, you know, presents and and food to the needy. I mean, she's she's fantastic, and miss uh, miss being able to see her every day when I when I left and. Enjoyed seeing her last week there when you guy, when I saw you guys in Long Loins. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> one of the great teachers, and uh, I'm sure that Oak Hill is missing her and wishing she was back.
0: I'm curious, you know, from a coaching perspective, Gus obviously is head coach, uh, won some state titles with Dexter, is in the Dexter Hall of Fame. But he's, he's been away from coaching for a few years, coming back as an assistant, as a defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, if you, if you from a coaching perspective, is that challenging or is it just like riding a bike – you, you, it'll be right back into it like it was yesterday you know
1: Well yes and no uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that the getting back into the swing of it it'll feel like you was oh you never left. yeah that's what I felt when I went after every retired I went back to Oak Hill. I've been out of coaching almost 25 years mm-hmm. uh, what What's different is the the two things. I think uh, the athletes are a little bit different. Uh, I think that there's more of an emphasis now on the off-season conditioning, weightlifting, nutrition. Yeah, nobody worried about any of that stuff when I first started <laughs> coaching. You know, took the tough kids. They were farm boys. They were ready to go. Uh, we did weightlifting, but I, I don't think that there was a focus on it. I think kids are a little different. I, I've said I, I've i always felt this way anyway, but even more so now is that I think kids are interested in the why. Why Why are we playing this? Why, why mm-hmm. am I going to cover there? Why am I going to? You know, and I think it's important for them to know because the more they know, the quicker they'll be able to make decisions. Uh, but I, and I think thirdly that probably the biggest thing will be things, things change. Um, you know, the spread offense, there was no spread offense when we were back when we were both coaching, it was, you know, ground and pound. And, and I, I think I thought one of the reasons we, one is because we threw the ball some, not a lot, but enough. Mm -hmm. And, uh but nobody spread out like they do now and then ran the, the read we ran option but we didn't do it the way they're doing it now you know mike mike hathaway made a great point yesterday he says sometimes we break down a film and say well, i don't know if we can block that guy he is so good so we'll option him then right so they change their blocking scheme for that week and leave that you unattended and then they'll option you and you if you're going to make the tackle, the quarterback keeps it. The you know? quarterback better so, make the right read or yeah, he's, he's in big better, trouble. <laughs> he, better, he better make the right <laughs> read or they'll have another quarterback does. in there. Yeah. So I think <laughs> that'll be the biggest adjustment. But you mm-hmm. know what? A guy that's the quality of coach that Gus Blank is, uh, he'll adjust to that by the end of the first quarter. Trust me. He'll under, He'll get a sense for the different kinds of schemes. And they've already had scrimmages. Right. I'm sure they've seen uh, the video of Oxford Hill's uh, preseason scrimmages, yeah. So he's probably all the way done with all that. Well, all right, I do think there is. Borough, yeah, there is good. a little bit of difference in 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 what teams are doing now. It's not so much. I although Oxford Hill is a little bit more of a traditional team. They're a little bit more of a. With Stevens and and Colton Carson, they're more of an I formation. Stevens graduated yeah. though, so now no, the no, question that's right. is: so, Colton who,
0: Carson's a senior. Yeah, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Because Carson is, you know, he's a great pitcher, solid basketball player from, a, and he can run in football a little bit also. In theory, he could be a great passer, but it's been about 50% completion sure. rate. So, yeah. uh, well, Actually, under 50% completion rate. So we'll see how that evolves for him as a senior. That should be interesting.
1: One, one of the things that happens, and this is typical coaching stuff, is, okay, so he was a, let's just say he was a 50% passer. Well, well they relied on the run so much. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to be that. Well, let's say this year he has to be a little bit more of a passer. So guess what they did? They worked on it more in preseason. Right. They They made sure that he had plenty of time to... To read the defenses a little better you know they put a focus on what's the passing game going to be that that may be a change that you'll see when you see him opening night and that they're gonna do something a little different that teams weren't looking for so again that's one of the things that you have to make those adjustments when the game is going on. and I I was there yesterday and at the end of practice before I interviewed coach Nicholas I was sitting right on the bench players bench listening and Coach O'Blank had the defense lined up, and he said, "Okay, now they're going to line up in this formation." And the, you know, and he was explaining exactly like you'd want him to. Why are you going to play inside of him? Mm-hmm. Why are you going to line up in this scene? What's the call on that? You know, he was walking into. I call it walk and talk. Yeah. You you everybody walks in the in the in the pass patterns or whatever, and you're talking and they're talking and learning, and uh, it was great. It was great to see it. Uh, it's great to be able to sit back and watch that kind of a thing. I always, when I go to interview the coach, I always try to get there a little bit early so I can see a little bit of the practice. It's kind of fun to see what teams are doing or whatever.
0: You mentioned kids like to ask the question, why uh, nowadays. I would always ask the question, why, when I was a kid, also. Uh, I didn't play football, but I asked why a lot to my parents about anything, and they were always like, because I said so. That's yeah. the reason. That's that's all you need yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's
1: funny. I, I, my son's like you. He's really smart. My son is very smart. He's a doctorate. And w- when he was in uh, preschool, daycare was right, or, right or the back edge of our property. They we, we butted butted each other, and mm-hmm. and Miss Gale uh, was the was the teacher and part time mother for all of them, and she would take him on field trips to the hospital or to the vet or the whatever so the kids would learn about all those things and she she came over she said to my wife when my when chris picked up josh and aaron she said who lost my cool today and chris said what happened he goes well every time we go to one of these places josh asks 100 questions <laughs> puts his hand up he, he looks around nobody he puts his hand up he i mean he always checks if anybody's got so anyway yeah. he said josh has six or eight questions finally the guy started ignoring him like, <laughs> nobody's asking you questions. Like, I'm not even going to look at him. And she says, I finally said to him, hey, he's still got questions. This is why we came here. She said and she went off on the guy to say, hey, this is why we came here. They've got questions. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that's the attitude that every coach uses. Why? Why, why, do, why do we do this, coach? I don't understand. And when you tell them why, I think they understand. And they're more gung-ho about it. It makes sense to me. And you know what? I was part of the process. I I, I really believe in process. Now, is it all going to be that? No. Get on, get get down in a stance and sprint when I pull the whistle. Okay, that there's not a lot of discussion going on there. I think there's some of each. I think you you have to be hard, not harsh necessarily, but you have to be hard sometimes. And I always said I wanted to treat them like human beings.
0: So you mentioned you interviewed Coach Nicholas. Uh, I know you'll be airing that interview probably on Friday. Yes. But uh, what? It, some general takeaway from what he had to say. Uh,
1: I think he, you know, I always I asked the question, who who did you lose? And because Poussard was right sure. off, he also lost a couple of defensive players that they had counted on uh, in the past. But again, I think he was feeling that uh, they're a little young up front because they had some veteran guys before, and a little smaller than maybe we've seen in Lewiston teams. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see. What kind of adjustments they have to make uh, in that, uh, and but I think that one of the bigger things is I think he's really excited about having is the coaching staff that he has, uh, especially with a new guy like Gus coming in to run the defense. Uh, Spencer Emerson did that in the past, right? And he's so, the head coach at Poland now, so they they're going to continue to stay strong defensively, mm-hmm. um, and I and I think he was pleased, and I I, I mentioned it too. Him that he had had an article the year before in the Sun Journal saying that he thought it was really important when you are really great when you do have your quarterback back because you haven't got to start from scratch, even though you're maybe going to put some new plays in, you may be even calm a little bit different. If your quarterback's back, he's got the feel for that. In other words, he understands what the pitch is, he understands what the numbering system is. I mean, you're not going to go wholesale change everything. You're going to put in a few, a new series or a new whatever. But it plays off something else. And the quarterback, because he knows it, he's able to command the team, help him through the transition to whatever, and it makes your job much easier. And it also means that you can do maybe things that you weren't able to do when you got a rookie quarterback. He's brand new. You don't know exactly what he can do. He knows what Cortez can do. Mm-hmm. He's seen him play under pressure. He knows that he can count on him, and I think he's planning on that. So, I, I think their issue will be uh, knock on wood. They've had a pretty good, they've had pretty good luck, luck with the Oxford Hills, surprisingly. La- they,
0: uh, there's been some low scoring low games. Low scoring
1: <laughs> games, but Lewiston's come ahead. I believe Lewiston
0: t- won last year, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. eight
1: to nothing or something very, like that. Yeah, it was very low scoring. Very low scoring. Yeah, and it's been that way, and Lewiston's come out on top quite a bit, mm-hmm. more than average, I think. But I, they also have uh, Scarborough, I think, as one of their other games and they have Thornton Academy you know those you know when you're looking at the top those two and Bonnie Eagle You do not get any that, hottest. that's what than Oxford that. Hills
0: crossover was last year yeah Scarborough the eventual state champions and Thornton Academy yeah which is always really good we yeah see.
1: so I, I'm not sure exactly what the rotation on that is but uh
0: every few years you have to face yeah, the gauntlet
1: <laughs> you, you, you got the gauntlet and then lewiston got it this year but you know uh Again, when you look at heel points, all you got to do is upset one of those teams. Sure. I mean, and huge. you're going to be, yeah. boom. And we saw last year Yale and Lewiston went back and forth being first and second the whole, whole year. And it really excited the fans in this area Absolutely. for football. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Yale is going to have to replace um, their quarterback uh, and their best running back and their best wide receiver. That's a now, lot. They had. I thought they had some pretty decent guys coming back inside. I'll talk to Dave Sterling tonight, and we'll mm-hmm. find that out. Yeah. But uh, so I, I think I think each of the teams have some holes to fill, and the key would be how quickly some kids step up from either the JVs or part time or. You know, I was saying one of the things that I, I thought Levitt did really well uh, when my son was playing. They won a state championship in the his junior year. They would take two guards. And, and alternate them. You got this series. I got the next one back and forth. So the next year, those two sophomores, the next year, they're both ready.
0: Right. And sometimes and, coaches, by the way, won't tell you some guys they have coming up who might be really good. Yeah.
1: I. I, it's, I it's interesting. I, Each coach is a little different. Hathaway is very open. Uh-huh. He he's. Uh, we end up having 40-minute conversations. Maddie has to cut them down so right. they fit in. Station just set. Honest to God, he won't tell you anything. Well, it's like, Station, I don't want to know information of it's going to hurt you. I want you to talk about well, your kids, you know, two, whatever. And he always laughs.
0: Two years ago, it might have been just an oversight, uh, or it might have been intentional, I don't know. But I had a very long interview with Mark Soren before the season about Oxford Hills, and he went through pretty much every player on the depth chart and what they, he thought they could bring to the table. And our first game, we broadcast Oxford Hills versus Cheveris. All of a sudden, this running back, Dawson Stevens, Breaks out an 80-yard touchdown run. I'm like, Mark did not mention him at Who all. Who is this guy? <laughs> Who is this guy? And he went on to be like, oh, one of the best Hills athletes in recent memory, whether it be football, wrestling, uh, track and field as well. He was a three-sport star uh, for them. Um, won some state titles, I believe, in, in wrestling and track. And But from a football perspective, uh, we had no idea. He was hampered a little bit by injuries his senior year, but his junior year, my Goodness, there was no one who could stop that guy when he got to the edge. Oh yeah, and Mark didn't even mention him during the preseason. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well,
1: a couple. Oh, I'm gonna say three years ago, maybe uh, Haley and I had a game down at Deering. I can't. Remember if it was El at Deering. I don't remember who the who the team that we were covering was, but I went online and I looked in the in the uh, Press Herald and I looked at okay, so they got Morse at quarterback. You know, that's what the report had been. You know, whatever. So we get there and I've got. Some highlighted names, you know, with a yellow highlighter. This is the quarterback, the running back. So when you look down at the sheet, you can see it, you know, broadcast and stuff, as you know. The guy sitting next to me goes, "Who, who got some guys highlighted there? He said, I, he was the PA announcer. And I mm-hmm. go, yeah, Aaron Morris, quarterback. He goes, no, 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 he got hurt. He got hurt two weeks ago. He's he's out for the season. And I went running back. You know, anyway, by the time I was done, I scratched all his names out. They were gone. So we, they had some kid that they went to hike it to the halfback. Almost like single wing and yeah. run it, or well, hand it off. You know, Wildcat. it was totally yeah. different. Yeah, I mean, we were okay with it, but it was like, whoa, that didn't doing prep didn't make any difference for that game. Just like you said, whoa, where would this guy come from? Right, yeah. But you never know what kid's going to step up. That's what makes high school sports so so exciting.
0: You have no idea. Yeah, should be very interesting. The this kid year. that
1: went in the off season and worked like crazy, getting himself in shape, lifting, better nutrition. He comes back and you go, whoa, what happened to him? Right. And the season starts and he's a giant, you know, (laughs) you just don't know. I told Maddie the story yesterday that uh, one time we were doing walk and talk. I was running split backs, wide dive, which means instead of running straight ahead and you're handing it like they're doing with the read, we were running an angle on the, kind of right at the tackle's butt. Well, what happens when the tackle blocks to the inside, there's a a gap created. Well, the end's going to make a decision. Am I going to go after the dive? Mm-hmm. You hope he does, because as soon as he does, the quarterback keeps it. He's around the corner, because almost, I'm going to say 80% of the time, the defensive end has the quarterback on option. That's the way teams draw it out. Yeah. So we're lining up. So what we're going to do is, everybody in those days is playing a five-man front. So there's a tackle on our tackle. Now, our tackle was Joey Clark, about six two, one ninety five. 195. He was a, an All-American at Maine Maritime later. But at the oh, wow. time, nice. he was our best blocker and our best lineman, but yeah. not a big, big guy. So anyway, we're saying, okay, so you'll post the guy, you know, you, you block him straight ahead, and the tight end will come down and block him, and that'll create the gap when we run the wide dive. So I'm explaining, all of a sudden, Joey Cock raises his hand. I go, Joe, what's the problem? He goes, what if I don't want the tight end to help me? I go, what? He goes, I, I don't want the tight end to help me. I go, well, Joe... This way, we make sure we get a good block. He said, Coach, I can I can block that guy. I said, Joe, you don't even know who's playing over there. When we, he says, so he said, how about we make a deal? And I'm thinking, oh, this is an interesting conversation. I said, what's no. that, Joe? He says, you let me try to block him alone early in the game, find out if I can do it. If I can do it, let the tight end do something else. Right. If I can't, I'll, la- I'll ask for help. Yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> Pretty much, he was able to block almost everybody we faced. And then, so what happened was, that allowed us to send the tight end downfield after the safety who's coming up to take pitch and whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were running touchdowns up and down the field because only because Joey Clark could block that guy one-on-one. So then what do teams do? They started playing him out wider, the tackle. We looked at that, and the quarterback had an audible. We ran the dive inside of him. Joey just elbowed him like, you know, forearm like that, went after the linebacker. I mean, it, it created because that guy was so good, it changed our whole offense. Nothing. We went into the season thinking we were going to be able to do. So that's exactly what happens to coaches. You go, whoa, this guy's something
0: else. Yeah, it definitely helps when you have a lineman who can just be a, a, a enforcer like that in terms of. You know, I I
1: watched. You know, Levitt has been so good offensively, and Mike is really creative, and and one of their strengths has been, they they run a lot of wing T stuff, even from the spread. Mm. The jet sweep. They they fake that dive and they pull a guard and they trap and. Because a lot of those zone read teams don't have a trap. They just walk straight ahead, double team or one-on-one. They trap. And so what happens is kids see that snap back to the quarterback and they say, oh, I can get to him. They run in, the guy traps him. Again, you know, coaches being creative, thinking outside the box, doing things that people aren't quite expecting and perfecting it.
0: Can other schools learn from... Say, like a Wells High School, where they've just done the same thing. They run Wing T. forever. McDonough, and, it, and they win state titles all the time.
1: The coach, McDonough, before Roach, who's now, McDonough is now the, well, he was the principal. I don't know if he still is. He ran the Wing T. Yeah. Roach was his assistant. He's been running it forever. What what they do is, this is, all I can think of is Vince Lombardi. They, yeah. they run the same plays. They tell you they're going to run the same plays, and you can't stop them. Right. John Wolfgram, we're going to run Wing T. Yeah. You're, we're going to tell you what we're going to run. You can't stop us because we do it so well, and because they don't run a lot of stuff, nobody's confused ever. I mean, you you run these this series to one side, and the same series to the other side. You really only learn one play. I mean, one series, but you've got 12 plays by the time you're done. And yeah, I I think you can. I think you can. You can learn from simplicity, repetition. Uh, doing things really well uh, and taking the confusion out of out of kids' minds. Nothing's worse than a kid's not sure what to do. Right. They're not going to play very well. So I think you can. Coaches learn from each other a lot. It's what they do very well. And coaches in Maine, anyway, I have found to be really great at letting you know this is how we do that. And people are going, wow, I, I wouldn't have thought of that. You know, that kind of
0: thing. Well, and coaches go to like, Events, right, where they all share information. Clinics, go yeah, to clinics, clinics and yeah.
1: conferences. And yeah, I, I, when I was coaching, I spoke a lot. People want to know how do you, how do you develop that kind of a passing attack? And it's funny, when I was drawing it up on an overhead, I had somebody raise a hand that I knew really well saying, Wow, that's it. <laughs> I go, That's how we put it in. They went, Wow, that's pretty simple. It's kind of like, Yep, you know.
0: Well, so. Malik Hall should be joining us in a little bit. Hopefully, i will be able to. Uh, track down the studio. He might have I mean,
1: had something going on. Well, in they had practice, practice and- till
0: ten thirty, and so maybe there's some post-practice film or not. But before Malik. Uh- Arrives. Let's talk a little baseball first. Um, a little little baseball. You want, you want to take a break? Or? Nah, we'll we'll wait until I have okay. confirmation. All right. All right. <laughs> a little, baseball little baseball talk. Baseball. Little sure. baseball talk. We'll hang on here a little. I bit. I watched
1: the Red Sox last night, right to the end. The,
0: the Red Sox were losing. They and then, should have lost. And they weren't. It. They should have lost.
1: <laughs> they should have lost. Yeah. And it, they they gave up the lead twice. The the bullpen was horrible last night. They couldn't stop anybody. Yeah. They got one out. The, the winning uh, hit, they had, a, they had a runner on um, second, first and second, ground ball, uh, double play. The shortstop scoops it up himself. He runs over to second, he tags, and he throws a little bit off balance, and the ball's in the dirt. and It's interesting. They had made a switch. They took the first baseman and moved him to catcher, had a different first baseman in. It's always interesting. I was taught by my high school baseball coach, when you're a first baseman, you straddle the bag, Looking at where the throw is coming from, and then you adjust your feet according to what happens. If the if the throw is up one line, you might step on the bag with your left foot and reach out that way if you're a right-handed uh, first baseman. Anyway, what we've seen now is they they put guys that can hit at first base, but they're not really first basemen. Yeah, they're you know, and so what happens is they put defense. their left foot on the bag right away. <laughs> I'm sorry, their right foot, and they reach out. And then all of a sudden the ball's off a little bit. Well, there's no way to adjust now. They've already left their weight out there. Well, the ball hit out far enough so I thought that the first baseman should have been able to scoop it. It wasn't, and it wasn't down at his ankles. It was mid thigh.
0: Yeah,
1: tipped off his glove. Red Sox win. I mean, it's like get out. I mean, it's kind of the way the year's gone for them. They, oh my gosh. They they didn't play well and they won anyway.
0: Well, I believe they avoided their uh, what would have been their first four-game losing, four losing streak of the streak all season. Year. Yeah, and they got the victory. They are ninety-one and forty-two, six and a half games ahead of the Yankees. The Yankees have been playing some really good ball lately. They've won eight of their last ten. Uh, meanwhile, the Red Sox have dropped six of the last ten. But the Red Sox still pretty comfortable lead there in the East Division, and of course, the best overall record uh, in Major League Baseball. Right now, a team that for a while people were talking about maybe threatening the Seattle Mariners' record of 116 wins in the regular season, but I don't know if that's going to happen at this point. They would have to have a pretty big month of September for that to occur. Well, I think their
1: pitching staff would have to really come around. And, you know, it looked to me like Betts is – they showed some clips last night of Betts hitting 1st of August and then recently, and you could tell that his his weight had shifted and it wasn't a good shift for him. He was out in front of the ball lunging, and it looked like he was settled back in a little bit last night, not quite as anxious. And, uh, you know, when you're a any kind of a hitter, you said you played baseball. When you're in a little bit of a slump, you start pressing. Yeah. And tightening up on the bat and doing things you shouldn't be doing, and suddenly the, the, the slump's worse. So um, it's interesting to see whether they pull out this little hitting slump. This is the thing that happened in the last two years in the playoffs. They win the American League East. They get to the playoffs, they don't hit. I, I don't care. Your pitching staff better be darn good if you're not going to hit because you're in trouble. And then the pitchers also didn't pitch well. So they've been out of the playoffs pretty quickly the last the last couple of years. And, and uh, you hope that that's not going to be the case this year. They, they, they seem to have come through whatever adversity they've had okay. And... And so on.
0: Oh, I think they're pretty good favorites right now. I think Houston's going to be. Well,
1: Houston's got guys back now. They've been hurt. They haven't hurt. Yeah. And uh, I think that they've got they got Altuve back. They the guys that have been hurt anyway are pretty much all back, and that makes them a much different team. So we'll, we'll see what happens. To that I he, Oakland's kind of intriguing. Uh, they, they, there's, there's not no a lot. No hotter of, team in baseball. There's not a sure. lot of name stars on there that you would say, oh, oh, wow, yeah, they got him. No. It's like the old Moneyball. You know, they got a bunch of guys, and they're all doing what they're supposed to do and doing it well. Their pitching has been very good, very timely hitting. And, uh, you know, there was some thought maybe back a week and a half ago that maybe they were going to overtake the Yankees for the number one wild card. Right. Uh, You know, it's funny. People are whining and complaining about the Yankees. They haven't had Judge or, or uh, Sanchez for weeks now. And when we look at last year's Yankee record compared to this one, they're 10 games ahead of where they were last year. Oh, yeah, the
0: Yankees. And
1: everybody's whining. Maddie <laughs> hates Boone. He doesn't think he's very good. <laughs> Maddie's hating you know, on, on the second-best
0: record in baseball. Yeah, The Yankees, only the Red Sox have a better record in the entire. And Yankees it's only
1: because the Red Sox have a phenomenal year. I mean, one that you hope they had. Gonna kind of belly up here, but it's been an interesting year for baseball. I, I I think the the sad part is, and it's what I've always said. With no what I call a real salary cap, there's not a hard salary cap. You want to spend the money, you can spend it as much as you want. Yeah, there's a
0: luxury tax. But. And I,
1: yeah, and I, but but if you want to spend it, I mean, the Red Sox are way over. I mean, they are way over, which is costing them a ton of money. Which means they better win now because. I don't know what's going to happen when they try to re-sign these guys. They were already way over. Uh, but anyway, I always worry that those small market teams they can't keep their guys. And every once in a while, every ten years, Kansas City will have a team like they had, and they had the right bullpen, and they won the they, they won the World Series. And and other than that, most of the time they're going to be down on the bottom, and
0: well, there have been some bad teams this year. Yeah, this Kansas year. And, uh,
1: <laughs> I guess that's where I was going. The Kansas the City teams is are fifty
0: re- games under five hundred. Yeah, the
1: teams are really bad, and they're not even good Triple A teams. And uh, I don't think that's good for baseball. Yeah, I, I think when there's competition all the way through, where every series you go, oh, what well, now they're going to do this series? That's what piques people's interest.
0: The Orioles are thirty nine and ninety four. They are. Fifty-two games back of Boston. 52 Needless to say, they've already I mean, been eliminated in the uh, in the divisional race yeah, there. But uh. <laughs> well, Maddie was
1: saying, "Why is it the second the Patriots start, everybody's talking about the Patriots?" Uh, the Red Sox are having maybe their best year almost ever, and I said, "I think it's because the t- the other teams are so bad." I'm not sure it's exciting. I don't mind a two to one game when you're on the edge of your seat, wondering if a blooper is going to win the game. Matter of fact, last night I thought it was going to. Kid hit the blooper to tie it, and I thought, "Oh my God, they still got guys on. They could win this thing." But uh, yeah, I feel I, I don't like it. I like I like when it's more competitive. Not that I don't like the Red Sox having such a great year. It's been fun, but I, I like it when it's pretty competitive all the way through. I mean, Cleveland has no competition. No, they're 14 games None. ahead of Minnesota. And and are nothing great. I mean, they will be when at playoffs start cuz they get great pitching and and timely hitting, but I mean, you know, their record, they'd be they'd be 15 games behind the Red Sox.
0: So Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they're they barely have a better record than uh well, Minnesota actually has a let's see. Cleveland has barely has a better record than um Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay actually has been red hot lately. You know, but they're 20 and a half games th- back. Th- there's
1: a lot of people that would say and I think so that Cora should be manager of the year I mean he getting Martinez was huge because he's changed the culture of the way guys think about hitting and whatever and I think Cora has been better for the players and the relationship and all that stuff but I'll tell you what Collins with Tampa Bay they got nothing this Snell kid was in the minors last year oh he's so good Oh, he is almost unhittable. Star. Yeah, he could win the if if sales out much longer, Snow could be the Cy Young winner. And um, I I just think that they he they what eight or nine games above five hundred with nothing. Yeah, they aren't even a good hitting team, but they find a way to win. He he's done a tremendous job with them. Seventy and sixty two yeah. on the year.
0: It's so only five fewer yeah. eight, wins than Cleveland. Eight, yeah,
1: eight games. Eight games and over 500 with a team that, I mean, Cleveland's got Ramirez, Lindor, uh, and Kluber. Their, their pitching staff is outstanding. I mean, it, they've got, uh, what's his name, the left-hander from, uh, that they got from the Red, well, they got him from somebody else, but was it the Red Sox, the reliever.
0: Oh, well, they have uh, they had Andrew Miller on yeah, Cleveland. Miller, that, yeah, Miller, Andrew Miller. Couldn't think of Miller's Yankees, name. I think, yeah. But, uh, no, yeah, Cleveland still has some good players. Um They'll be a tough task. They'll make the postseason, obviously.
1: I still think it's going to be pitching. If the Red Sox will have a downfall, I think it's going to. Be, I still think it's going to be the pitching. The bullpen—they—they don't really have. Even Kimbrel, as many games he's saved, you're never really sure. You know, I'm not sure you ever, other than Mariano Rivera, and he didn't do it all the time. But the starting pitching, Sale's been hurt. Porcello, late in the year, it's been one good game, then one terrible game. Prices, believe it or not, Price has been their best pitcher in August.
0: Oh, Price has stepped up big. Fourteen time. and six. I, I thought mean, he was done after I saw. him oh, yeah. Launched by the Yankees, but he's. I asked Maddie, yeah. you
1: want you think if he, if he gets if he goes like, uh, maybe he's got a couple more three more starts. Maybe he goes seventeen and six. Is he is he going to opt out because somebody's going to give him a big contract? Mm. <laughs> I mean, back along we said nobody's he's terrible. Nobody's giving him a contract, <laughs> but all of a sudden, maybe. For sure. Well, so I'm guessing coaches had something come up at practice. Maybe coaches in the, and, the film room or something. Well, down was some it, no, but it was their first practice, right?
0: Uh, I believe so. I believe it's everyone's first. You practice know, you
1: today. get somebody, somebody twisted an ankle, or yeah. or something. They needed to talk over. I, I understand that. It happens for a coach, and we'll. Well, we'll let's get,
0: take let's take a quick break here. I'll give him a call. We'll and give him a pass. When we come back, uh, if we, if he's able to be here, that's great. If not, we'll keep talking some more. Of uh, uh, New England and local sports this is the B-List Daily Sports Time 780 and live online at sportstimemaine.com
2: There's a winning culture when it comes to sports teams in New England Well now there's a new team to add to the list the orthopedic team at Spectrum Healthcare Partners an all-star team of orthopedic care right here in your backyard four of the area's top orthopedic practices OA Centers for Orthopedics Central Maine Orthopedics Falmouth Orthopedic Center and Maine Ortho have joined forces to become a dream team of orthopedic care, where physicians, surgeons, sports medicine specialists, and clinical staff share resources and work as one to make patient care efficient and more affordable. To learn more about the orthopedic team at Spectrum Healthcare Partners and connect with a provider in your area, Visit spectrumhcp.com slash ortho. That's spectrumhcp.com slash ortho.
3: See something? Smell something? Do something. When your basement or crawl space smells, don't ignore it. Odors, mold, and harmful pollutants come from too much moisture and not enough air circulation, making your home unhealthy. Do something. Call Wave Home Solutions today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. Experts recommend ventilation instead of dehumidifiers to reduce moisture and expel harmful gases and pollutants. Wave moisture control units continuously dry out your home, transforming it into a fresher, healthier environment year-round. Wave units cost only pennies a day to operate, and there are no buckets too empty. Call WAVE today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. That's goodairusa.com or call 1-888-980-WAVE. WAVE
4: Home Solutions for a healthy, comfortable home.
3: If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. Call Wallen Associates now and pay less than you owe. 800-727-0433. That's 800-727-0433.
5: Did you ever look at the stains in your coffee cup and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Paraswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, Tea or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. Martin Ginniger that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Paraswabs risk-free, call 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969.
6: All aboard MBR.org! The place to get all your high school and amateur sports news and information. MBR.org is in high gear with Maine High School Winter Sports. Go to MBR.org to chat about your favorite team. Find the latest articles, travel news and cancellations or visit their all new and very popular team pages mbr.org has everything you want to know about high school and amateur sports in maine coming in february all the high school tournament action at your fingertips 24 7 it's high school sports heaven all aboard mbr.org
7: if you are a coach, a booster, a PTA leader, Maine Athletic Fundraising is the choice to help you make money. Maine Athletic Fundraising works with both high school and youth programs of all ages to make you the most amount of money in the least amount of time. No risk, no minimums. Mark Smith and his staff will walk you through every step of their plan to help you meet your financial goals. Call them today, 207-468-1759 or check them out online, Maine Athletic Fundraising.
0: It's the B-List Daily here on Sports Time 780, live online at sportstimemain.com. Aaron Morse filling in for Maddie B., on this Wednesday. Malik Hall is on his way, folks. Uh, Obviously, when you're a football coach, uh, uh, Dave, uh, obviously sometimes you have things go a little bit longer than you might expect, right? Because obviously there's a lot to cover, especially the first day of practice.
1: Yeah, the first day of practice, I think, is always the worst one. Even though you get a chance to see your kids and everything, um, it's new. New system. They don't know exactly what you need them to know yet, so they're not crisp. And I always said, let's not try to put too much in because... It, we're wasting our time. We need to to bring it to them a little slower and whatever. But uh, yeah, things come up as a coach. Somebody need to see him. The AD stopped in, and he, even though he says, "Well, I'm going to I'm going to be on the radio," or whatever <laughs> he said, "Yeah, but I need to talk to you about this." And you know, you, you just never know. There's always something, and and uh, we just really appreciate the fact that he's putting forth the effort.
0: Yeah, so hopefully we'll be able to get here in the next few minutes and we'll get them on the air here before our noon cutoff here on Sports Time 780. By the way, shout out to the newest sports team in Lewis and auburn uh, the Twin City Thunder. They're having a meet-and-greet today at 6 p.m. at LA Harley, at Harley-Davidson dealership. So make sure you come out and uh, meet some of these uh, premier uh, North Division players. They play in the USPHL, and their first game is September 14th. Tickets will be on sale very soon for games. You can check them out online, TwinCityThunder.com. Uh, it's exciting to have, you know, some hockey here uh, in the Twin Cities. Uh, people can come out, and and we mentioned before, hockey is an exciting sport to watch in person.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I went to their initial press conference. They, they've they attracted some uh Rancourt, the kid from Lewiston, they've gotten some local kids. They've gotten some kids from Michigan. I mean, they they really have got a, a good nucleus of kids to get started. They've got a good support structure. They had their, what they call their billet meeting where Somebody could sign up to take a kid and have them stay at their house for the for the season. I've seen and that
0: term billet. I'm a hockey noob, so no, that's a military that, term. That's a military term. That's a military. I'm term a military term noob also. Uh,
1: <laughs> you, they use it that way, yeah. Billet, okay. where, where you're going to stay. Gotcha. We just call them host families. And, uh, yeah. No, baseball. that's right. That's yeah. I, yeah.
0: I think I just saw them all leak pole in the parking lot. So very. But excited, I but. think
1: uh, we had a kind of a uh, jumping off. event here right outside uh-huh. in our parking lot yeah. where they gave away t-shirts and we gave away t-shirt here he comes gave away t-shirts and <laughs> and uh and uh, the kids signed uh, the players signed autographs and and whatever it was a fun day and a lot of interest so boy this is yeoman for him to yeah race over here after his first practice
0: absolutely so and the bates college bobcats football team speaking of seasons getting underway soon will be starting off uh Coming up here in just a few days. September 15th, the Bobcats open when they take on Amherst Malik. I I hear you. Have a seat there. Uh, Grab the microphone. Glad to have you here on the B-List Daily. This is Coach Dave Wing. Uh, My co-host here as I'm filling in for Maddie B. Malik, your mic is going to be on right now.
9: Long first day of practice, it sounds like. Uh, How'd it go out there? Oh, man, it's the juice factory. It was (laughs) up for business today. The Lewiston... Juice Factory was open for business today. <laughs> we had a good day today. What were some of your initial impressions of the guys out there? Man, you know, uh, you talk about uh, a hunger for um, wanting to get pushed, uh, and that is the uniqueness of our team. You know, we've we've pushed them quite a bit. I know their legs are heavy. You know, freshmen have orientation. Orientation. Sure. Um. So that puts more responsibility and more reps on the older guys. So. Uh, They haven't blinked, which is a good thing, Um, and they're certainly showing some grit because they're getting hit in the mouth by the sun, they're getting hit in the mouth by the conditioning, and um, they keep coming back for more, so that's a good start.
0: Absolutely. Well, Malik, this is your first um, live appearance here on the B-List Daily, so tell us about what attracted you to Bates. You're the new head football coach, for those who don't know, at Bates College, they opened against September 15th against Amherst at Garcelon Field. What attracted you to come up to Lewiston from University of Pennsylvania, where you were coaching before?
9: Yes, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I think the coaching life is a a carousel, as they say, and um, you never know who's watching you and who's taking note of your your progression in this profession. Um, so when Bates reached out to me, I'm like, oh, wow, like someone's really interested in me being a head coach. You know, I think like every football player, basketball player, uh, they dream to have the ball at the la- and the free throw for the game or to make the winning throw or to make the winning tackle. I think once you get in the coaching ranks, you dream of being a head coach and uh, leading a program into battle to uh, be successful. You know, I think what makes Bates even more unique is that um, the lack of success in terms of the NESCAC versus the CBB, I think taking the energy that our guys in the school naturally has for the state title and putting that same energy into the whole league, I think just wrapping around that, how can you not get on board? How can you not see? How can you not see the school as being a great opportunity? The people here are awesome. Um, I believe people make people great. For, excuse me, people make people great. Facilities don't make people great. In fact, not only does facilities don't make you great, neither does talent. You know what I mean? Like you can have a lot of talent, but if the talent doesn't execute or work hard. Um, it's, it's really, a, a, uh, as, <laughs> as my grandmother would say, like, you know, you can't do anything with it, so you might as well get rid of it, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so um, we try not to build this thing on talent, and it wasn't talent that attracted me to Bates, it was the people.
0: Well, speaking of people, uh, you kept on longtime assistant coach Skip Capone, who we've had on this program before. He's a he's a bundle of energy as well, just like you. It must be a great match. <laughs>
9: yes, it is. it is. It's like, you know, he I like to call him the elder statesman of the staff. And, and, and you know, whenever you have a, a guy who who has experience, Skip has, local, like I call him the mayor, you yeah. know, be, partly because they're – Everyone that I'm trying to reach, Skip personally knows. And so when I I spoke for the Lewiston uh, youth football team, right, the youth Blue Devils, the Lewiston Blue Devils, he coached every every coach on that team. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. And then, you know, I go to the school and he's like, oh, the principal? Yeah, I taught him. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey Skip, we need to go around the community yeah, right. and and a drop like Kenny and just shake hands. You know, <laughs> like um, it, Skip is an awesome guy. His energy, um, he he certainly gives all the young cats a run for their money with their energy. Because I mean, this guy gets up probably five a.m., runs three miles, and then gets it going with the football squad. So like that's special in itself. And um, whenever you got the mayor on your side, whatever boy, city you in. Right. I think you're in good shape,
1: for
0: sure.
9: Coach,
1: there are a lot of different styles, numbering systems, uh, whatever. Uh, so they, all these kids that were in this program that you didn't recruit, actually, uh, they've had a certain numbering system, whatever, and, and verbiage that may be different. So how different if what they were doing in the past is what you want to do and how much new learning will there be?
9: You know, I think the, the, the biggest thing about learning is, is repetition. Right, repetition is the father of learning. So if we can, wh- whatever it may be, whether it's the verbiage, whether it's the technique, I think um, even if it was the same verbiage and technique, we would still have to rep it in a, in a large in a large quantity just so they can understand like what I'm saying to you and how I'm saying to you, absorb that and change the perspective of the old of what those same words may have been but the perspective may have been different. You know, I'm a big believer that mis- your mistake is your biggest teacher. Because once you make a mistake, now you're more interested in, hey, coach, what can I do not to make that mistake I again? You don't want
1: to make that one, yeah.
9: You, you know what I mean? Now, I can give him that information before he makes the mistake, but it's not real until the mistake happens.
0: One interesting thing about Bates this year, um, the new offense your coordinator is installing. Uh, in the past, Bates ran a uh, an option offense; it was out of the sh- pistol, out of the shotgun, but it was it was a, he- a run heavy offense. Now, hello, Mike Leach offense. Uh, the air <laughs> oh, raid really? is coming to Lewiston. Tell <laughs> okay, us about then. your offensive coordinator, um, his background, and this offense.
9: Well, Coach Patterson, Gustavus Patterson. Yeah. We've worked together f- for quite a quite a long time um two different stops and um actually three we worked together coming into the profession at central connecticut um we worked together at fordham and our last stint was at wagner college uh coach patterson is high energy just like myself um and we get we get after it a little bit on the back and forth i'm a defensive guy yeah and every time i dial up a blitz i feel like he got he waiting for me to call a blitz so he can go vertical um, but listen, I I think more than anything is to make the defense defend 53 and a half yards, you know, use the entire field. Don't make everything in a phone booth. Um, interesting enough, you couldn't find a phone booth on the street anywhere today. That's right. right? So our thought is let's not have a phone booth on the football field. Right. Uh, let's put people in space. Let's make people, uh, make one-on-one tackles opposed to game tackles. And let's get the ball to our skill as best we can and as fast we can. Um, with a quarterback that we have, you know, little Doug, I like to call him for Doug Flutie. Like he, he can <laughs> he can do some things instinctually that you just can't teach. Um, so sometimes uh, you got to be able to live with some of the instincts of all players and embrace that and make calls so they can be instinctual. Um, and I think that's right up our alley in terms of. What Costa brings, um, and what Coach Patterson with them two together. And I don't I just I feel real good about where we're going and how we're developing. But again it's only day three. Yeah and um, we got a long way to go. Even though it was a short camp, you know, it's still a long camp because the legs start to get heavy, the mind start to wander, the heat gets hotter.
1: Hump day Wednesday. Hello, hump day. hot coffee. Yeah, hump day. <laughs>
9: Hump day, Wednesday. So, I think at the end of the day, I think our offense is moving at a great pace. We Again, we want to spread it out. Um, I've held it close to my vest as long as I could. Logic Logica. Yeah. The <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, when you're in New England, do as New England does. The New England Patriots don't give everyone anything they don't need. And um, that's the Bill Belichick way. And as annoying as it may be to fans, I think at times, um, It certainly gives you a competitive edge for your opponent. Um, But now that we're here, everyone knows the secret's out of the bag, so to speak. Um, But we still got to execute and still got to show up.
0: One of your phrases you like to use is uh, "what in the lab," right? You're in the lab, uh, cooking up some, you know, plays, cooking up some strategies. Uh, how much film have you been watching on teams in the NSCAC versus just Bates film from last year of, of the games?
9: You know, uh, I we had this conversation yesterday with the team, and mm-hmm. and and much of it is it's it's very difficult to not address the past, but I think. The more you address it, the more you can't move on from it. Um, I think knowing your past gives you an idea on where you're going and, and, the, and to stay away from the traps and the vices of the past. Um, but because we're such a new staff and we're bringing such a new vibration, I think it was best that we leave the past where it was um, and allow them to use their experience of the past as we go into the NESCAC because they're familiar with our our opponents much more than we are as a coaching staff. Mm -hmm. So using their familiarity and their experience of the past to forge our future. And if we can do that and just focus on who we are and what we want to be and less about who they are. We talked about the they rule, like, you know, if they don't want us to win, then we have to win. If they don't want us to run, then we have to run. Like whoever they, whoever that they are, whoever that is, like we want to make sure that we're not listening to they and making sure we're locked in on we, because they don't have to play. We do. This is kind of a weird question, but the football roster is so big, right? Mm.
0: And you're brand new, and you won't get mm. much, much time for these guys. How are you learning people's names? Or are you just saying, hey, number three, get over here?
9: <laughs> you know, man, it's so funny. Shout out to my guy, Razor Ramon, right? Uh, Ruiz, you know, Ramon Ruiz. I, like, I messed up his name earlier <laughs> because I was thinking of Razor Ramon from WWF back in the day. And so... I called him Razor Ramon, so I guess short answer, everyone gets a nickname until I can okay. remember their real name. And um, we talked about putting tapes on the back of their helmets, <laughs> so I could But because I have, I don't have my glasses on, I can't see the tape anyway. does not make any so, difference, <laughs> right? It doesn't mean anything. So yeah, number three, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, but all in all, we're getting there, and we spend so much time around each other, yeah. like. Again, that's a repetition deal for coaches. Of
1: course, I'd say, make me learn your name that way. Right? Hello, hello. Yeah. Hot coffee
9: again. Right? <laughs> it's for two sure. ways. It's two ways you can learn someone's name. I would prefer the good way. Right,
0: right. Well, Malik, thanks so much for taking the time to stop well, by. We're already out of time. The interview flew can't by. can't believe
9: you up Yeah, yeah. I we know. Really appreciate really it. Appreciate it for oh, sure. no problem. I'm glad well, we you guys have so We'll get you on Facebook
1: Live. So kids can <laughs> go on. Live <laughs> <Yeah, and, laughs> uh, on here Facebook. Here we go. We <laughs> got <laughs>
9: action. I, I didn't even see it. <laughs> yeah, you're <Kids>, on Facebook. <laughs> kids can go on and watch you. <laughs>
0: yeah. MBR. Well, we'll get MBR. you on the full 30 minutes sometime in the near future. But, again, Bates opens September 15th at home. Garcelon Field, 1 o'clock against Amherst we're out of time here on the B-List Daily my name is Aaron Morse thanks so much for tuning in and have a good one cool